Welcome to Gone to Texas, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is Alex, and I have not read any of Garth Ennis's Preacher. And I'm Nick, and I have read all of Garth Ennis's Preacher. Today we will be discussing episode 10 of the show titled Call and Response, and while we will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension, any future plot lines of the show, we will be discussing the details of the entire series so far through episode 10, so pause this and go watch the show before you listen to the rest of this episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're all also G2T Podcast on Twitter, and you can send feedback to g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preachers so we can read them on air, send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast, much like our friend Bruce did. Uh, Bruce wrote us this week and said, I forgot to write in last week, but that's probably for the best, as it likely would have just been me quoting food court, food court, food court over <laughs> and over again. As for episode nine, it seemed like a pretty good setup for the finale, taking things just a little more slowly before the hopefully big bang coming this this coming week. Huh. Just a few observations of my own. The reveal of Bern Cassidy took me by surprise. It was built up similarly, very similarly to when they first showed Arseface, so I was expecting something darkly comedic, but instead got something kind of messed up and disturbing. Yeah. Poor Miles. At least he didn't have to decide between the different shades of khaki now. Very true. Uh, there was something hilarious about King Cannon standing on top of his desk in the Fight Club going on that reminded me of an awful season one episode of Gotham. <laughs> Haven't seen it, so. <laughs> I've seen some Gotham. Uh, yeah. Dip my toe into Gotham. <laughs> didn't like it. Yeah. You didn't get as far as a Fight Club scene? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. All right. Uh, I'm still not really invested in the whole Carlos subplot. It feels like the show itself kind of forgot about him for a few episodes, only for him to show up for about three seconds this week. Meh. We'll talk about that a little bit in this episode. Yes, sir. And then I'm very excited to see what the cowboy gets up to in the finale. Uh, we were as well. So uh, he closes out the email saying, I might not be able to write in next week since I'll be out of town and we'll miss the finale when it airs. Anyways, keep up the good work, Bruce. Good news, Bruce. We're going to do a season one wrap-up show so you can write in then. If Definitely. We, we'd like to hear your thoughts on the season as a whole. So please. Write us some words, we'll talk about it, and that goes out to everybody else out there too. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts on the season as a whole were, and uh, we'll talk about it with Nick and John and Lance next week. But let's get right into it. We got a very short teaser this week, basically just shots around Anvil with a radio report about God coming to town and Jesse on the run. We get our first timer of the episode with 17 hours until God comes to town. Uh, I liked this scene, just Jesse sprinting through the street saying hi to Mabel, and she's pointing at him for the cops. I thought it was pretty fun, uh, just kind of showing us what we knew was going on as of last week. Yeah. Uh, but we break into Act 1, Tulip races back into town, finds Moe's, and gets caught up at least somewhat as to what's going on, finds out that Jesse's over at Donnie's. Uh, she shows up at Donnie's after Donnie and his wife kind of get it on like the old days i guess as we're led to believe yes donnie's back to normal supposedly and um tulip interrupts and finds out that jesse is willingly staying with them just to kind of duck out on the police uh i think we both liked that <laughs> it seems funny that jesse and 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 uh and donnie kind of mended the fence and even a little bit later in this episode, we get the explanation from Donnie as to why he's okay with the with the preacher now and how he saved him. And there's just a shot of 
Dominic Cooper reacting towards the story yeah. against Tulip that just is one of those micro expressions that yes. is so fantastic. Yeah, so that was really good. That he's was very beautiful. Pleased with himself in that moment. Yeah. Well, he's kind of pleased with himself, but he also knows that he's like, I've not actually changed anything about Donnie. <laughs> like it to me, the 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 face that he gives Tulip is just kind of like, listen to this crock of crap that's going on right now, because he's just kind of like, Donnie says that I saved him, but he's still just going to be Donnie, and and I just thought that was really. Funny oh, that's and interesting. interesting. That's not the read I took away from it. I, it it doesn't. I I get the whole please thing, but it 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 seems like he's very aware that Tulip is like this is a bunch of BS, and you know it. So that's what I got out of it. Um. So then we cut to Cassidy locked up in jail, uh, talking with the previous city mascot who apparently gets let out of jail. We don't. I don't think we really knew why he was in there. We hear somebody drop some charges against him. Really uh, not. He says the the prairie dog dropped the charges. The okay. other mascot. So yeah, they're yeah. still yeah, obviously that. Feud. But they're like lovers. They're like. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize that's who that Cassidy refers to. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe Cassidy's just. I don't, it was very strange. He made it. Cassidy seem like calls some, him Pedro. I yeah, and he says they need to. They need to. Make cool. up and and leave that shit on Brokeback Mountain or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he implies that they're like they're in like a relationship or something. I don't. Yeah. This whole. Go ahead. Go ahead. And All right. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll get to more surreal stuff. Um, Sheriff Root turns out he's interrogating Cassidy about Eugene. That seems to be why he picked him up. He wants to try and get some information out of him since he can't find uh, Jesse. And uh, we realize that Sheriff has learned that Cassidy is a vampire because of his uh, police record that dates back at least to 1922, but it seems like it goes back further than that as well. Uh, I thought that was cool. Sheriff Root learned it. kind of weird that, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess you would think somebody would have questioned that before him, but in this world... Well, I think the thing about Cassie is he doesn't stay in one place for too long. Yeah, that's true. And uh, he's only been in he's been in Anvil for a while, but only you know because of Jesse and Tulip and, yeah. and company. So, so somebody he's there long enough for somebody to put the pieces. To finally, together. yeah, and somebody who cares enough because he just seems like a you know just a drunk Irishman. They'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. It's yeah, another asshole. Yeah, fair enough. And then uh, Cassidy goes to take out the sheriff, but he shoots Cass, and then gives him, and then the sheriff gives him a cup of glo- blood to heal. So that's kind of his interrogation. Like technique. a little snow cone, yeah. holder of blood is <laughs> really funny. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's Act One. Um, yeah, we'll get back to the surrealness of everything. I think, unless you want to pause to talk about it here. Yeah, I mean, well, just Act One in general. I felt like I missed an episode. Yes. Like, I did not particularly think that this beginning of this episode was handled very well. It felt like a lot of stuff was just, like, they were writing and they were like, oh, shit, guys, we just shot episode seven and we still haven't figured out how to get to ten. <laughs> it, it felt very, like, a lot of stuff got accelerated behind the scenes. Yeah. I th- the main thing to me, I think everything would be good up until Casty being in prison. And I think they still kind of, you can understand why he's there, at least, like, I think it would, it feels like they were like, oh, God, we need to cut this down somewhere. And they compromised and got it down to the 80 minutes that it was after adding in commercials. 
Yeah, so, fair enough. But but I I think uh, yeah, I was like I remember thinking I was like, did Cassidy end up in jail at some point last week? And then I was like, I don't think so. And then I started putting the pieces together. Well, there's a lot of exposition. Yeah, I mean, he tells the sheriff. He basically recounts to the sheriff how the sheriff arrested him, and yeah. we're kind of like, okay, like why did you? Do, why yeah, you and it's <laughs> it's kind of a shame because I I do get it. I get it. It's probably coming not only from a time perspective but from a budget perspective. Yeah, that's true, and that's fine. It's just it's kind of a shame because it's the only time in this whole season, this whole series so far, I feel like we had lazy writing. Yeah. And so it sticks out like a sore thumb and we're Mm -hmm. like, and that would be adequate writing on another TV show where we'd be like, okay, that's fine. But for, for something that's done such a great job of doing really good visual storytelling, like this season has done so far, it's kind of a bummer. You're like, Oh, I feel a little bit shortchanged, but it's okay. I just felt it, it, the the first like 10, 15 minutes of the episode really rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, Oh God, this finale sucks. Interesting. All right. More on that in a bit. Uh, act two, we get Donnie recounting why uh, Jesse came into his care. But then uh, Tulip pulls Jesse outside and he apologizes to her and says he'll do anything for her when Tulip reveals that Carlos is in the trunk of her car. Then we cut back to the flashback of them uh, uh, robbing the bank and we learn kind of more about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tulip is is clearly pregnant because they explain that she can't drink beer with Jesse that night. Um, Jesse's got a great mullet, which is fantastic. Killer mullet, yeah. Uh, they're like dog the bounty hunter, yeah. Almost <laughs> if it were dark and better, but um, you know, like I while we were watching it, I was like, he almost looks a little bit more like Jesse from the comics. Yeah, he just has this out of control, gross hair. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's not even quite not, the weird, bizarre <laughs> Jerry Curl type yeah. thing that he has in the book. It's like a Jerry Curl crossed with, like, a mushroom cut. It's really weird. In, like, a really it's, weird way. Undefined. I loved hearing on the Insider Podcast that they tried it. They did, like, several hair and makeup tests with Dominic Cooper to try to get the hair. And I was yeah. like, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me see those. Just, it's like skills. a montage in a movie where they get his hair down perfect and then it just poofs back to what it actually turned it's out to be in the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically we get some backstory on Carlos just a little bit showing that he kind of got jealous over their happiness because Tulip and, and, and Jesse seemed pretty happy at the time. And he basically decides to kind of sabotage the mission by cutting free a, uh, a security guard who then Jesse shoots outside in the back. Carlos drives off as we've seen previously and Tulip, uh, Essentially, Tulip seems to lose the baby due to the stress of the situation. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a lot of information about Carlos. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, we cut back to current time. Jesse pulls off Carlos's gag to ask why it happened. And he said, you were happy. And Jesse closes the trunk. Uh, let's come back to Carlos in a minute. Okay. Uh, we cut back to the massive pool of feces with the pressure-relieving man on the phone with his wife. This is the first time it's been revealed. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the first time we realize what he's tending to yeah. in, in total. Because we've seen, we've gotten a little bit more of his room each time we've that we've seen We've seen his seen control him. room, yeah. We, yeah, but... we saw the panel and then we saw the full room and then finally we're seeing what's in the window that's kind of on the side of the room. Just acres of shit. Yep. Lots of 
liquefied poop. Which is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's on the phone with his wife trying to get her to, you know, have some fun that night. And she doesn't go for it. So he's like, okay, whatever. Have some fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we cut to Cassidy and Root still going at it. Cassidy reveals that. Eugene is still alive, probably, but that might not be the good. It could be the good news or the bad news, depending yeah, on the was, way you want to look at it. that was very well handled. And then uh, he explained it was an accident, and Jesse wouldn't hurt a kid, not on purpose anyway. Root's just kind of like, well, that's great. <laughs> that doesn't help me at all. And then Cassidy just kind of goads him a little bit. Not on purpose. I think it's the inquisitive nature of Cassidy's brain just kind of be like, isn't there any part of you that's okay with this? Yeah. That you don't know where he is, that he's gone out of your life, and then Sheriff just kind of empties his full six-shooter into Cassidy and then unlocks the door and lets him go. Um, Yeah, so then Act 3, Jesse and Tulip are talking, or they're arguing about killing Carlos. Jesse doesn't want to do it. Tulip, Tulip, wow. Jesse doesn't want to do it. Tulip wants to, obviously. Uh, Donnie's reading Gorillas in the Mist in bed next to Betsy. Gorillas in the Mist. (laughs) That is so funny. Such such an erudite. uh, uh, That Donnie skank, I think is what they call him. Um, Jesse argues killing Carlos won't bring the baby back. but uh, And Tulip agrees, but she says somebody has to pay. So Jesse starts pulling out a garbage bag. oven mitt and a gun to go and shoot Carlos in the back of her trunk but she stops him just because she's doing that thing where she's like I just wanted to know that you would do it for me is what it seems to be it's the thought that counts is what she says and so then they decide to let him go give him some weapons so that they can apparently chase after him and and beat the hell out of him we see him kind of Mm -hmm. gurgle and saunter off into the night Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little disappointed with Carlos with that entire story. Like, I, I'm glad that they didn't leave it hanging out there for three seasons. Correct, yeah. But I'm also kind of sad that it seems very perfunctory. I don't know how much of a real purpose it served other than just to kind of rectify and reunite Jesse and Tulip's relationship. You know? Yeah, I haven't had a lot of time to really mull it over. Uh, Especially after Bruce's Bruce's comments too. Like last week, he was like, "They just kind of forgot about him." I was thinking they wouldn't even come back to it this season up until last week happened. And uh, yeah, that's true. It does kind of that. That is one of the only things story wise that feels really uneven to me is that they they hit that so heavy in the first three episodes or so. Like Carlos, Carlos did this unforgivable thing, and what is it? And like. It's not even for a good reason. Like it's yeah, I, it's kind of I, I can see why on the page it seemed interesting that he says you were happy, but the way it's executed on screen, it's not. You're kind I of think, like you you oh they were happy. I think like the, you're, you're a robber. <laughs> <laughs> you're all robbers. You you're what they're they're happy. I think what what's really missing from that is we have no depth on Carlos at all. Like this is our first time ever really interacting with Carlos. If we would have like, well, they seem like they were they they've been working with him in the flashbacks for a while. Like they knew each other well enough to like joke around and, yeah. and like goof off a little. And even if he had had a weird complex and been like, "You guys were picking on me all the time. You didn't take me seriously." 
any anything like that, I would have accepted over you were happy. Yeah. Like what the f- who, 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 who what the shit? What, who cares? You're, you're gonna make off with probably a pretty sweet amount of money, and like I, I don't know, that just rang really false to me. Like mm-hmm. I, it didn't seem to be didn't seem to matter. I agree. Which is too bad because all the all the little teases of the flashbacks are so cool. They're, They're very so cool. intense. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, what happened? Oh. Okay. Yeah. They they, it's happy. like they shot themselves in the foot by making it so cool. It's just like you make it cool and then give us this as it unfolds in front of us. We're just kind of like, Ugh, I mean, okay. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know if, if, the, if it's by design and the point of it all is to make us realize how petty a lot of like disagreements are, or a lot of the bad things that people do to each other are just these like petty, stupid things that aren't well motivated. Yeah. If that's the lesson here, if that's like the, the grand, the grand idea, because it, I could see that kind of tying into some of the other larger things that happened this episode. The idea that a lot of this doesn't really matter, yeah. And, and it, it, and maybe you made it out to be a bigger deal than it was. But if, even if, if so, I think I'm kind of reaching there. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it they, just, it, it, you could extract something like that from it if you wanted, but the way it's presented isn't even particularly compelling. And yeah. we're kind of like, okay, so Tulip, I don't know. She's she's out for blood the whole season, and then all of a sudden she's like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, and but it almost it almost makes sense because she's trying to light that fire under Jesse's ass. Get she wants Jesse back, clearly. Yeah, in like some some state. Yeah, and and you know, mission accomplished, kind of. But even so, like by the end of the episode, which we'll talk about. But if you're listening, you've watched the episode. I hope. Yeah. They don't even really come around to that point again. Yeah, yet. They, they leave it kind of like. The heat's there a little bit, but nobody's acting on it. Yeah. No one's going for the fire extinguisher, but, <laughs> you know, no one's taking dinner out of the oven either. <laughs> um, th- I want to say, then Jesse, like, as they're, as she stopped him from killing uh, Carlos, he then is like, well, I'm going to do it anyway because it's going to feel good. Like, that, to me, was a really, that's maybe my least favorite moment in this episode. It feels so completely out of left field like it's like a switch flipped in jesse that obviously must have happened during the alamo standoff that went on in 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 the church but it it just feels like it turns on its head so much and i didn't it felt like i got blindsided by it a bit but it might just be a personal thing no no i think you're right i mean jesse Jesse definitely gets, he definitely changes a lot over the course of, or over a very short amount of time. You know, yeah. we spend a whole season with him trying to be good. And all of a sudden he's just kind of like, well, all right, whatever. I'm going to hell anyway. Like, I'm just going to start killing whoever yeah. I want to kill. And it, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's a little out of character. He's not really balancing his nature anymore. He's just going full, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, back to the episode. Uh, Tulip and Jesse let him go. We already talked about that. Um, then we cut back to Betsy. Uh, she's at the church explaining to the police that are posted there for, for church that morning uh, that uh, Jesse has put a spell on Donnie back at her house. And uh, it turns out she was doing that to get the police away from the church so Jesse could go in and set up for his uh, sermon. The God reveal. Yes, the the reveal of God. Uh, everybody cleans up the church. Jesse, Donnie, Tulip, and, and Betsy. 
And uh, for some reason, Betsy's the one to show Jesse how the how the God phone works, which we both kind of remarked was kind of weird, and not we're not really sure why. She seemingly knows about the weird technology that's inside of that thing, but I don't I don't really know that there's much to it other than they just wanted somebody to kind of look closely at this cool prop that they made. <laughs> More like more just whatever writing like eh, someone needs to figure it out yeah why exactly. not her yeah so you know a little a little bit more laziness there but it turns out that unless she's uh unless she's some in some way related to related to heaven and we just don't know yet like unless she's some kind yeah some I, angel I that's guess, on earth and that's you know really into i guess that's true but i'm just like why yeah I know. <laughs> so yeah. So, but we do realize that then we are going to also see God instead of just hear Him. I feel like most of the most of the series has been so careful with everything that's laid out that for that much attention to be called to that character in that moment feels like it was by design. It would, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess to me it would have made more sense because if it just happens, just to be like, eh. A character needed to figure I think it out. it's something that we're going to forget by next season anyway. Unless Probably. Bruce writes in and reminds us that it happened when there's no <laughs> Betsy in season two. Never forget. But Betsy. um, but I, I don't know. Like, it would have made more sense for Jesse just to kind of be like, hey, come take a look at this. And then they try and like, like if he was sussing it out and she was just kind of like, I don't know. Then it would have well, made is more he f- sense. He f- fumbles around with it for so long anyway. Like, why yeah. even bother? Why not just have him realize like oh i didn't bother to figure this out and then you yeah. just watch him like kind of screw around yeah that, it would almost make more sense if it was removed from the episode anyway but whatever all right now to act four we got a full parking lot at all saints congregation the sign says today meet god tomorrow tbd it's pretty good mm-hmm. uh tulip says no matter what we're getting french fries afterwards cassidy stands by tulip and emily explains to her daughter that miles is meeting god somewhere else mm-hmm um that darkness that emily showed last week i think is another that was another weird point for me in terms of jesse as well kind of going ahead and killing everybody i didn't see that coming out of emily and i didn't get a chance to talk about it but maybe i'll come back to it next week um everybody's in attendance tracy loach is there uh her mother's prepping her hair uh jesse goes to start the start the sermon when canon interrupts him pretty hilariously i really i loved that shot a lot um king canon explains the plan for today's sermon and then about his idea of the god of meat um and then jesse pulls the phone out and they uh hook it up to call god and you hear a modem handshake noise which is really that that was hilarious that made me laugh really hard yeah that was great um jesse fumbles with it quite a bit and king cannon's ready to claim victory but then the sky goes dark and god appears what did you think of god (laughs) i i was totally along for the ride with this scene so much so that like when we get to the point where King Cannon stands up and is like, where's my, like, is my Betsy Lou with you? Like, is she up there? And then he's like, yes. And then King Cannon's reaction, like, almost was an Alex's tears moment for me. So he stumbles back. Well, yeah, he view. stumbles back and sits back down. And I was just like, oh, like, I'm pretty sure I let that noise out when I when I watched it. But then I was, like, looking closer at God. And I was like, I think it's kind of funny that they made him look like the 
just basic impression of what everybody thinks God is in like this gaudy white robe with a terrible white like it looked like a wig to me and I didn't even think oh, yeah. about what that meant. And then obviously we learn that God that's not that it's not God. But right. What what did you think of Matt Herlick's God? Mark Herlick. Mark Herlick. Good old Mark Herlick. Yeah. Uh that's hilarious, by the way. I would never would never have realized that was him. Uh <laughs> I didn't fall for it for very long because and I have to tiptoe around this a little bit you knew this was coming kind of we talked about it a bit a couple weeks ago on the show not on the show but you and i can i talk about about it it on the show well i think by the end like by the end of this episode we can talk about a lot of what you said to me and that the show is like the comic is really about uh jesse trying to find god yes um and we uh, Okay, and that you you eventually learn that God is not in power, like He's not up there anymore. Right. And I think that's what this this is what we get illustrated in this episode. Well, so <laughs> I'm actually scratching my head right now, thinking <laughs> I knew that if God showed up in the show. He would look really cool. Okay. And so as soon as this version this of God shows up. Gaudy looking. Well, it, and it looks like it's like project, like it's really hilarious. It's, yeah, it, it's it looks pretty- like a, like a, like a hostage video that would be shot <laughs> or yeah. it's like really poorly done. And so as soon it looks as- like something made with uh, like, what was the name of that program in school that you would use? Like the multimedia presentation before PowerPoint. Do you remember oh, what it was? Uh, no, I don't. Oh God! It's uh, well, my initial th- as soon as it as soon as it happened, I was like, oh wow, they're going there. God's the- here's God, and then he was talking. He, what was his first quote? Why do bad things happen to good people? Was what the yeah, one that was the first him. question. And after he, his him. first answer, I just narrowed my eyes and I was like. <laughs> Okay, I know what's going well, on here. Even she's, he's like, you understand? And she's like, yeah. But, but why? But why? Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, okay. So Alex and I, after the after we recorded a few weeks ago, we had this really long conversation in which I kind of ruined slash explained the whole main thrust of the Preacher comic, which yeah. is where this episode leaves us, that Jesse finds out God is not in heaven. The angels don't know where he is. And Jesse gets pissed and says, God has a lot of shit down here to answer for. Yeah. So we're going to go find him and we're going to kick his ass is basically where it leaves it, which I think is great and and really, really funny and interesting. And so based on the fact that I knew that already, that I was like, okay, God's not there. I either thought one of two things was happening. I thought either that is God and the budget really got sucked out the window <laughs> and God doesn't know that Jesse has Genesis yeah. and then he's going to peace out. He's going to say, whoa, Genesis is gone. Yeah. You have Genesis. Throws up his hands and out, Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I expected to happen. But then his answers to everything were so boilerplate, just like shitty like back of prayer card answers <laughs> to stuff that I was like, okay, this, this, is, this is a ruse. Plus, I know... That a lot of the angel characters who are in the comics, and there's there's not a lot, like I said, like I've said earlier in in our show, there there's not a lot of interaction with heavenly beings yeah. in the books. But the ones they do interact with are total dipshits. And so I was, <laughs> I immediately was like, there's like three assholes behind this camera just telling him like, 
Sir, stretch, stretch, stretch. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Like giving it, and then like and like just crappy fake beard. Yeah. Because they've already shown that like the angels in the show are kind of just yahoos anyway, and they're uh-huh. just kind of dumb and and they they're just kind of goofy. They're weird they're not and... these perfect beings that we think they are. Yeah, they're yeah. weird and they don't always know how to deal with humans and. So right as this was kind of, this scene was kind of rolling along, I was like, okay, this is just some dork up there, like in a costume. It was really funny, like yeah. it was, but it didn't it didn't take too long. But I think that's one hundred percent my just knowledge of the book. Like I'll bet people who have read the comic who are watching this scene immediately kind of, I pretty I, quickly catch on to what's going on. But I would think, but that that's what's so funny is there's that reaction shot of Betsy when Jesse says. You're not God. And she's got her hand outstretched. Yeah. And then she just kind of goes, <laughs> she and just kind of lowers yeah. it. And it's really funny because I understand that that's, and it's fine. You know, this is not a, this is not a criticism of, of religion or, or re- religious people whatsoever, but I understand the, the desire to get caught up in it. And, yeah. and the way that people think, like when they feel like they're having an experience that is religious in nature, then they, they're going to exult in that and they're going to yeah. love that feeling and they're going to, they're going to chase that feeling and really embrace it and, and hope and wish and dream that this is exactly what's happening to them. And they're going to be, they're not going to be able to control themselves. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Like that's, if that, if that is how people are and, and that's how they choose to be and, and that makes them live a better life and be better people, I'm all for it. But it's kind of funny and kind of mean in the show when they show Betsy with her hand outstretched because in that moment, like they all believe it's God yeah. because they want it to be God so bad. It doesn't even matter if it is or not. Like they just they want it to be so much because they want to have answers to these questions, and even if they're really terrible answers, <laughs> and and they want they want to feel better about everything. And it's even and it's great because it's not in line with what happens in the comics, where Jesse basically calls them all out, and he's like, "You guys roll up here every Sunday, and you want to be forgiven, and then you just go do terrible things again." Because I guarantee, if that had been God at the end of the at the end of that episode, they would have gone back. Eventually, to doing really, yeah. to doing bad things to each other, and because that's just human nature, and I just think it's that was kind of almost their way of just kind of examining that because in this moment, the whole town, even Odin, is like, "Oh my God, the glory yeah. of God!" And then when they realize it's just some guy with like a wig and yeah. a crappy beard, and he gets carried <laughs> away, and like a stupid hand covers the lens, yeah, which is like, how like crude is that? <laughs> Cover the lens. Oh, it was awesome. That was so funny. Yeah, like that. Having and then having him just melt on him, like we don't know where he is. Yeah, God's gone. I really liked. The then mo- it got kind of scary. I was like, "Whoa!" Like that was really good. Yeah, an angel just being like kind of freaking out and like kind of losing it and being like, I mean, we see how the people react when they think there's no God. That God has abandoned his post, and then you know, just imagine how the angels feel. Yeah, like it's it was great. Like I thought it was just a phenomenally done scene. Yeah, I really enjoyed the moment when Jesse calls him out on like picking his nose. He was like, "No, I was, no, I was, I was scratching, scratching it." it. And he's like, "No, you weren't." And then he's like, "I was." Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that, that made great. me laugh really it was hard. Really funny. I mean they they did probably the hardest job they had in front of them was explaining the fact that. I mean, well, they have a lot of hard jobs. Even getting the show off the ground was a hard job. But explaining that that I that God is not there, and having an angel explain it, which is how it happens in the comics, and it's really funny too. And I actually texted you that panel yeah. in the book, and it's kind of the same way. Jesse uses the word on him, yeah, and he's like, "Cut, cut the shit," because the angel <laughs> shows up as this glorious, beautiful, 
idea of what we all picture, you know, like Sistine Chapel idea of an angel. And, and it comes on. It's like, behold, the glory. And Jesse <laughs> says, cut the shit. And it's like this little dumpy guy. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then, like, that's what he really looks like. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's Fjord or, uh, or DeBlanc. It's one of them. It's one of the guys. Yeah. Uh, just shows up to kind of confront Jesse. And then that's where Jesse gets all his answers. And in a comic, you can spit it out over, you know, two pages with like 12 panels. Yeah. You can explain all this dialogue. And you as the reader go, oh, okay. And then you're off to the races. But in a show, I understand that they need a little more time with it. And so the building, this is a bigger thing that we're going to talk about in the next episode. And in, in this episode, I don't, yeah. I don't want to talk about the whole series. But the, this is the, one of the big challenges, I think, for them was setting up this idea. And I didn't even know if they were going to go for it, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sacrilege going on in this show. There yeah. already was. But this episode is full tilt. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to read some stuff about it to see, you know, how it was How people received. are reacting yeah, to exactly. it. exactly. I want to know how Ricky Maybe's mom feels about it. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you listen to that Preacher Insider podcast. Yes. but. Anyway, uh, it was a great scene. Yeah, I thought it was it was very well it was very well done. Yeah, um, I will say I did realize I started realizing when when Jesse started realizing that it wasn't God when, when Jesse's obviously asking about, about Eugene. About, yeah. Well, yeah, about Eugene and using Genesis. I was like, okay, that's not God. That's about where as a non comic book reader, that's where yeah, I was and like, that's by design. That's where the yep. writing turns, and that's where you, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so God gets taken away by people in white suits and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jesse Tulip and Cassidy just walk out of the church as Odin yells at Jesse to denounce God. Cassidy asks where they're going. Jesse says Tulip wants French fries. Uh, (laughs) there's, there there were some pretty funny moments with Sheriff Sheriff Root and the guy standing next to him. Yeah. Some Um, nameless character. But you can just kind of see after all this happens that everybody is kind of very disenfranchised about the whole thing. They're like, well, clearly this is all a sham. Even though it's really not. It is really interesting watching how all the people react Mm -hmm. to the news. Yeah. There's a lot of... And it's honestly about what I would expect from... Most of them. The real world. Yeah. No, I mean, like I, I, I feel like a lot of what we saw is a lot of what would happen. Yeah. I'd be really curious to to have a really frank, honest conversation with like a hardcore atheist, or I, which would be less in belief of of a deity? Would it be agnostic or atheist? It'd be atheist because yeah. an agnostic does not believe doesn't know acknowledges that they cannot they, they know, know if there's a okay. god. And say like so if if you found out definitively from from heaven like if there was once a god and then they say like. He's not here anymore. Nobody's in charge. Would you feel just deep down, way down in the core, center of your being, would you feel a little tiny twinge of panic and be like, <laughs> like <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. I, I don't think, I, I I just can't, this is a whole other conversation for yeah. for another time and, may, and maybe not even, you know, in a public forum. But yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's so hard for me to believe the idea that, that not everybody would in some way panic a little bit at that idea. You know what I mean? That there is truly, it's all chaos. You know what I mean? But Emily's reaction is really interesting. Yeah. So, um, well, real quick, we see Odin and his men ransacking the church. Odin cracks the cross off and then screams meat. meat And then, (laughs) yeah. Uh, so the start of the next act, it opens up on Emily explaining to her kids that nothing has changed and the children, uh, uh, to her children. And, uh, even though God is missing, daddy's still in heaven. 
Um, and she says, we don't need God, and really we never did. Right. Um, I think that's interesting. I think there would be, obviously there'd be some people that would react that way. There's other people that... It was quite striking. I mean, yeah. Coming so, from, from the organist. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, and the weird, the weird thing was, like, it's, I, I guess you kind of get the, the feel of it all that she really just was there for Jesse in the end. Maybe she really wasn't that I much. I feel like she was a, there before Jesse was, though. She you think so? Like, I mean, probably. I, I guess I don't know for sure. Uh, but I feel like her, like, infatuation and involvement with it all was really with Jesse more so than but yeah I have to go back and watch the season to really be able to tell yeah. because early on I thought like she was actually it seemed like when Jesse came along she had already been the organist and obviously she had a took a liking to him but yeah. she seemed like she genuinely cared about what she was doing yeah but I'd like to watch it again now to yeah. find out for sure um but just to run through all the things that the people are doing once once they find out God has abandoned his post uh, the mascots are hanging themselves on the one dead tree that we've seen in Anvil. Uh, the little girls on the bus end up killing the pedophile bus driver. Uh, Mrs. Loach kills her daughter as her son takes a selfie, which I thought was particularly disgusting. Of yeah, that was a little twisted. I don't, yeah. I don't truthfully, I'm not even sure that I really that that joke even landed at all for me. Like I was kind of like, yeah, Mrs. Loach killing her daughter was really, really striking. Like that. Mm. I, w- I actually think I said wow like yeah. out loud because I was like wow like that that we could have dealt with that on its own that was very intense yeah. and very interesting and I, and I that stood I mean like even the 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 two mascots hanging themselves next to each other I didn't really think that was funny I thought that was really sad it's kind of, I mean it's it's a little yeah. funny and the way the way the the guy dressed as a Native American kind of paralleled. Uh, it's the same tree that there are actual it's, dudes yeah, hanging exactly. from back when. I thought it was more interesting than it, like it's not. I don't think that like that section of the show is necessarily about being funny. Like obviously, I I don't even necessarily want to say that the that the the brother taking the selfie was supposed to be funny so much as it was just to kind of show you that these people are terrible. Like Maybe. a lot of the people are terrible. Not that uh, Mrs. Loach aside. I don't necessarily think that's terrible, but no, obviously, no, like either. the kid, like the brother's going to take a selfie. I would call that a terrible person. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I really can't bring myself to believe any human being would actually yeah, do that. I like don't, that, that I don't, pushed into cartoon territory for me. Yeah. Um, other things that we see, uh, Root and his, and his catatonic wife watching Tom Cruise's asses, ashes being shot into space. Uh, Donnie lays in bed as Betsy is dressed up as Dorothy, kind of disappointed that it seems like she's lost Donnie again, which I didn't really totally understand. I guess I guess Jesse's interaction with Donnie in the men's room maybe ultimately led him back to believing God was there. Well, I think that Jess, or Donnie probably believed that Jesse... Jesse was, you know, was he's right. a holy man. He's yeah. a preacher. He believes in God and he... And he God is what makes Jesse able to forgive like that, and I think, you know, I th- like I said, that's I think that's the kind of thing—the direct interaction with heaven that God has left. I think that that would shake most people yeah, in the town. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Donnie has become recently more contemplative. I mean, look—he's reading Gorillas in the Mist <laughs> in bed. Uh, Odin consoles a meat version of his daughter wrapped up in the in the winter coat. That was awesome. That would, I mean, I guess that would be the, between the the things that are funny. I would say the Tom Cruise thing that still yeah, that gets funny. 
Yeah. And I think the the meat puppet is sad and funny. Like it's just kind of like Yeah, oh. there's a there's a big meat thing with Odin. Yeah. In the comic. And yeah. I think that was kind of their way. They actually talked about that on Talking Preacher Oh, did afterwards. they? Okay. Yep. That, I think that was kind of their way of somewhat that's, representing That's what that. Seth Rogen said. Okay. He's like, it's terrible that we would connect these two things in that <laughs> yeah. way, but. No, it, it, I thought it was well done. Yeah, yeah. No, the one in the, co- the comic is just disgusting. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. They talk a lot about it in detail. They, like, he the he, bit- he explains. So if you haven't, I don't, I, I. If you have watched Talking Preacher, then you know what's going on, okay. what we're talking Leave about. Um, and then finally, we see that the uh, pressure relieving man is potentially dead from like a heart attack while having sex with a prostitute. Banged one out. Yeah. And because clearly his wife wasn't reciprocating. And, uh, and the prostitute's trying to relieve the pressure or stop the alarms, and she's unsuccessful. And a cigarette that was over by the dead tree ends up lighting the whole town aflame and wiping Anvil off the map, pretty much. Yep. So, um, I just want to toot my own horn and say that I did end up calling that when we had the same conversation about yes. you telling me everything. I was like, I think I know what we're building towards. Yeah, that was really clever. I told Alex that in the in like the first issue of the comic, we see the church explode and... Yeah. and uh, and he was like, oh. And I said, I'm kind of, you know, would love to see that. And then he started to connect the, the gas and everything. And yeah. Said, oh, it was really well done. Um, Toot that horn, buddy. <laughs> so Anvil's blown up. Everybody's gone. Um, yes. And it's not just the church. Yeah, Anvil is... Expl- and there's like a sinkhole starts to open up. Like, yeah. under the... Uh, by the church, you see the earth start to just... Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, and I, at first I was like, okay, so just a certain area blew up, and then, well, yeah, yeah, we can we can we can walk back around to that. Uh, the final act of the show, Act Six, Fiori drops uh, gets dropped off where he was picked up with his uh, luggage still there, and uh, he made it out. But it appears that uh, DeBlanc did not make it out. You guys asked this question at the end, but I forget who fell on what side. Did you guys think he was... I think we both thought he was dead. Yeah. I didn't get that impression until I heard you guys talk about it. It sets up a very I, important... And then I got really sad. Lesson. The Saint of Killers... He's, he kills you he and He kills to kill. Yeah. yeah. He is the ultimate killing machine. Yeah. So now we can call him what he is. He's the Saint of Killers. They haven't called him that yet on the show. Yeah. They, well, they didn't call. Yeah, they didn't call him that on the show, but he was called that on Talking yes. Preacher and in other features and on the Twitter account. They'll, and stuff they'll like call that. him that in season two. They'll yep. start to explain who he is. Yeah. I'm so excited for that, <laughs> and we'll talk more about it next week. I'm sure. Yeah. But it's uh, it's great. But yes, he. The one lesson you can take away is it is the golden gun. Yeah. You don't come back from that. Yep. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then we cut to Jesse, Cassidy, and Tulip kind of meta commenting on the end of the season while actually talking about the ending of the Big Lebowski. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that was fun. Yep. I wonder if that. I hope that's the end of the Big Lebowski conversation, kind of. But it was funny. Like the third time's the charm. Yeah, you know? it was good. Um, Tulip asks what the plan is, and Jesse says the plan is simple: find God. We're gonna go out and actually find God. What are you gonna do when you find him? If God wants our help, we'll help him. If he doesn't, we're going to kick his ass. Beautiful. You, you were so, you were like, oh, I hope he says kick his ass. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> and then he did. It's just funny. It's so crude, but it's just, it's perfect. It's exactly, that's Jesse from the comic. He's yeah. just, it's like, 
southern gent that's like god's been a bad guy and yep. I, if i gotta whoop his ass to tell him he was wrong that's what i'm gonna do like <laughs> he doesn't he wants to just give him a spanking basically it's yeah really awesome just tell him like, you did you did a bad thing you hit him on the nose with a rolled up newspaper and then just tell him to straighten it out and yep. do better next time great uh, and then we see them walking out of the diner. Jesse promises a hallucination of Eugene that he's going to find a way to get him out of hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sad. And uh, the three leave the diner just as the news report explains what happened in Anvil and that nobody's alive. Uh, Tulip, I, I did want to say really quick about Eugene. I did read something on Reddit really briefly. We've talked about John Wayne in the past. I don't know if we made the connection that maybe Eugene is the John Wayne of the count. Like, yeah. Yes. The hallucination of Eugene will be the conscience for Jesse in the way that John Wayne kind of is in that the comics. That is really good. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So props to whoever on Reddit, on the Preacher subreddit said that. That was that was pretty great. That is good. Um, And then, although I would like to see a ghost John Wayne, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> you know what? There's There's room in some story that has yet to be told for ghost John Wayne to show up. All right. So we'll, good. Uh, good to know. Uh, Tula finally asks Jesse about Genesis, what it is. Jesse shows her by forcing her to kiss him, and then she hits him in the face and says, never do that again. Uh, and then <laughs> they're all sitting in the car looking at the camera with their sunglasses on. And, uh, and, uh, what am I trying to say? Joe sure. Gilgan. Cassidy. Cassidy. Cassidy's got his red shades on, yes. which you were happy about. I was very happy. Just like in the comics. And then he says, what are you waiting on as Tulip punches the gas and they get going on their road trip? Yep, and they even say a road trip. It's great. Yep. That's, I mean, the the beginning of the very, the first page of the comic, the three of them are sitting at a diner, the diner. together and they're recounting what happened. Yeah. And in the, for, by the end of the first issue, you're relatively, you've, you've watched this whole season. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> in a way. Um, all right, and then the final scene, we see the seraphim walking in the ruins of Anvil when a hole is blown through her, and we see that the cowboy is on Earth. And he says, Preacher. That's the end of the episode. Um, I'll say, I, I my first viewing of this episode, I was kind of unhappy with it. It seemed like a lot happened, and that I wasn't happy with kind of the tonal shifts with Jesse... And just it felt very all over the place to me. I think it was the 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 compound of of a strange character shift for Jesse, a big disappointment in Carlos, and just the really wacky interaction with fake God or Fod as we like to call him. Uh, all of that together, I was very it disarmed me in a way, and I wasn't happy about it. But the second viewing of it, I think, really solidified it all for me, and I enjoyed it a lot more actually. Uh, what did you think? I liked it. I didn't like the first bit so much because it felt like we were playing catch up. Yeah. It felt like a last week on, but we didn't see last week's episode. Yeah. And uh, after that, though, I mean, I, I really like how they brought it around to where the comic starts. And I remember after you and I watched the first episode of the, the pilot, I was like, oh, God, they better not spend all season in Anvil. <laughs> I said, I hope the church blows up by like episode five. And I, and I think I told you, I was like, maybe they'll spend this season getting us there. Yep. And uh, I'm happy that they went that route now. Yeah. I think we, we had a really great we had a really great season. It, if it had not been renewed for a second season, I probably would be a little more you'd be, irritated. You'd be pretty... <laughs> but at the yeah, same time... I could totally understand At the same that. time, I kind of wouldn't, though, because... 
it's all a prequel to the comic then in yeah. that sense because now's the time when they can really screw it up and i might yeah. be like oh god that's the that's doing? that's what i was thinking about i was like man season two is going to be a whole new beast it like is, absolutely it's going to be a different show yeah in every way so it's uh that's exciting uh i liked it though i liked i liked where it where it wound up for the most part i mean there there are definitely some bumps carlos was a i think almost can be classified as a misstep yeah like in the whole idea of the whole subplot of carlos but i haven't had a lot of time to to sift through it yet i think for next week i'll probably have better notes on how this one ended it's like you and i said before the episode started i said there's not that much to talk about because we're not driving towards anything exactly yeah it's all over it's all Almost in a way, it's all almost falling action, even though mm-hmm. it's pretty explosive ending. And but I, uh, I mean, so everyone's dead. I think the whole yeah. the whole cast. Emily's dead. Odin's dead. That's what seems insane. And I, the loaches are dead. Sheriff Root's dead. Like everyone's dead. I de- I definitely want to ask you guys next week. What do you feel about the fact that everybody that we cared about is now gone? You know, I think it's. Most of the people that we care about are now. In a way, gone. it's kind of hysterical. It's almost like the ultimate. Like, don't get too attached to any characters. Yeah. We might just blow up the whole town. Yeah, <laughs> eat your heart out, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, but uh, yeah, honestly, that's about all I have to say for now. Until yeah. next week, we got to mull it over, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, talk about the whole package. Absolutely, absolutely. So come back next week. Uh, we'll be here with Lance and John to talk about the whole season. Uh, but and we'd like to hear from you, so you can do that by emailing us g2tpodcast at gmail dot com. We're also on Twitter g2tpodcast and uh, g2tpodcast dot com. That's the letter G number two letter T podcast dot com has all of our previous episodes. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. Uh, if you do email us, tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on air. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. And uh, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes. The more you do that, the more people will find us and the more likely we will be to continue this show. And uh, and it'll make us very happy and uh, it would be great. So please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to us. Tell your friends, uh, all the new people that are going to pick up Preacher in the off season. please let them know that we are here and, and let them know that they should give us a listen. Uh, if you want to hear Nick and I talk about a few uh, f- about film with a few other friends, uh, be sure to check out the Midwest Film Nerds podcast at midwestfilmnerds.com. Uh, because some of you might not listen next week, we do recommend if you miss us in the off season, come check us out there. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Netflix's Stranger Things and the Jason Bourne film that came out this past weekend. And uh, also, if you want to hear some of us talk about video games, John's on that show and I'm on it most of the time as well. That's the Midwest Pod, uh, Midwest Game Nerds podcast. Check it out at MidwestGameNerds.com. Our theme music is the song All In by The Red Thread. It's being used under non-car- non-commercial Creative Commons license. And once again, go forth and speak the good word.